Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Hope your Friday is going well so far. It is a Friday morning. It is October 6, 2023. Good to be with you. So much to talk about, but you know what? We are going to take a break this morning, and I think you're going to appreciate it. We are going to take a break from the discussion on the Synod. I mean, we'll have it in the news, of course, with an update. But we are going to take a look at a brand new book by my friend Susan Tassoni, and this is such a great resource for all of us. Now, it is written with children in mind about purgatory because our friend Susan from EWTN fame is known for her work on purgatory. But I really think the way this book is written and illustrated that this is going to be a book that so many of us can use for our own growth. If we're sharing it in a catechism class with young people and if we're the catechist, if we're helping our grandchildren or grandnieces, which is our case, they're in catechism right now, or if we're sharing it just with, I don't know, maybe we're in in a group for the mass where they take the kids out like they do at our parish and to sit them down and then you can offer them after after church to talk to them about this topic and explain the church teachings, especially on purgatory. It's so well done that you're going to learn from it as well. So it's a beautiful book. And I have to say, the illustrations make it that much easier to absorb, not just for the children, but for us as well. So Susan Tassoni joins us. And the book is entitled New Friends, Now and Forever, A Story About the Holy Souls. Now, she has not written the book on purgatory for children. So this is the first one she's done. And it's a real powerful story in the first place as to how Susan began her work, her writing, her speaking on the Holy Souls. And I asked her to share that again. We sat down and we taped this interview uh, a few weeks ago in preparation for the release, which is coming up. And I think you'll be interested in how the Lord is using her. But the suffering that she's gone through to bring this whole understanding of purgatory to adults and now to children. So the book is New Friends Now and Forever, a story about the Holy Souls. I believe it's already available on the EWTM Religious Catalog. If not, it will be. But you can also find the link to it on our website at AveMariaRadio.net under Catholic Connection for the archive. So weekend-wise, the weather, we still have some storms brewing around the country, and we did have some issues for parts of the country Again, with the wildfires and smoke and whatnot, that seems to be clearing, thank goodness. But overall, uh, just nice fall weather moving in, and hopefully the bad stuff is behind us at least for a little while. It is October 6th. It is the Feast of St. Bruno. And by the way, this is the anniversary for my husband of his diaconate. He was ordained 11 years ago on this day, October 6th, on the Feast of St. Bruno of Cologne. So congratulations on 11 years as a deacon in the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church to my husband, Deacon Dominic, and all the wonderful men that were ordained with him. And there were, I think, another eight or nine, if I remember correctly, amazing men of God that were ordained on that day 11 years ago for the Archdiocese of Detroit. Let's get started with the news. And it's a busy day, as always. And let's see what's happening in and around the world on a Friday. 
More than 400 people gathering at the Vatican on Wednesday to officially begin the Synod on Synodality during the first full day of work yesterday. As Catholic News Agency reports, those taking part meeting in small groups of about 12 people to talk about the first part of a document that will guide discussions over the nearly month-long assembly. According to the Holy See Press Office, Synod members are given a task of answering several reflection questions based on several themes. After a day off on Sunday, October 8th, the Synod on Synodality will reconvene October 9th through the 12th to discuss the question, a communion that radiates, how can we be more fully a sign and instrument of union with God and of the unity of all humanity? Natalie Migliori tells us the man behind the mass shooting inside a crowded Brooklyn subway is sentenced to 10 life terms plus 10 years in prison. 64-year-old Frank James spoke in court, taking responsibility for the attack aboard the N train in 2022, saying his victims in no way deserved what happened to them. Victims spoke in court, U.S. Attorney Breon Peace saying they'll live with the traumatic events for the rest of their lives. Not just those who were wounded physically, but also those who witnessed this horrific act and others who put themselves at risk to help. The judge saying perfect justice would require a power that neither this judge nor any other judge has in his or her hands to impose. UAW President Sean Fain is expected to address union members today on the status of contract negotiations with Detroit's big three automakers. He announced walkouts over the past few weeks and may include more locations on Friday. There has been reportedly progress, though, made with talks with Stellantis and Ford Motor Company, with Ford reportedly making a significant offer. It includes a large pay raise and the end of tiers for employees. GM secured a $6 billion credit line as talks continue. This year has seen more lost workdays, meanwhile, due to labor disputes through August than any other year since the year 2000, with the ongoing strikes at the UAW and the actors' strike, and now employees of the Kaiser Permanente Health System walking off the job this week, and now there's Vegas culinary workers. The bartenders there and their unions are in the midst of critical negotiations with casino operators. And speaking of Kaiser, employers, employees again are on strike, and Tom Costello has the latest from the picket lines. Pharmacists, optometrists, vocational nurses, x-ray and lab technicians demanding more pay and more staff. 75,000 Kaiser Permanente employees, the biggest health care strike in history. Negotiations have been going on for months, and last-minute talks continued through Tuesday night, but workers walked off the job after failing to reach an agreement. Michael Ramsey, the Kaiser San Diego employee and union president, says it's all about providing a basic standard of care. The union is accusing Kaiser of failing to maintain adequate staffing levels. Vehicle owners continue to personalize their rides, and the result is a big pack impact on the U.S. economy. The Specialty Equipment Market Association, or SEMA, just finished their economic report and found the aftermarket industry contributed over $336 billion to the economy. SEMA President Mike Spaniola says the automotive aftermarket is one of the country's largest industries. Lisa Taylor tells us former President Donald Trump asking a judge to dismiss his federal election interference case. Trump's legal team argues his actions leading up to the 2021 attack on the Capitol are protected by presidential immunity. Trump was indicted by a federal grand jury in August for his alleged efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election, including attempting to obstruct the electoral vote process and impeding congressional proceedings. Prosecutors argue Trump knew the results of the election were not fraudulent, but claimed otherwise to reverse his loss in key states. 
Meanwhile, reports say House Republicans may be visited by the former president on Capitol Hill before the speakership election next week. The potential visit comes as some Republican members have said they support Trump becoming the next Speaker of the House following Kevin McCarthy's removal. Trump this week said he'll do whatever is best for the country, but added he wants to focus on his presidential campaign. And Oklahoma 1st District Congressman Kevin Hearn is considering throwing his hat into the ring for Speaker of the House. It's not something I came in Washington, D.C. to do, but when you have people asking you about taking a different direction than what we've done historically in this Congress, and then you know we're doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results where leadership just keeps ascending through the ranks, and people have asked me about you know, looking at alternate choice. He says his 35 years of experience in the private sector gives him the skill set needed to bring people together to get things done. He also says he's not necessarily opposed to funds going to Ukraine, a major sticking point with some Republicans, but says the administration needs to be more open with how that money is being spent. Karen Curtis tells us that Governor Ron DeSantis claims his presidential candidacy has momentum after his campaign raised $15 million in the third quarter. Ron DeSantis is taking a campaign swing through Florida today, holding an event in Tampa and a fundraiser in Miami. Political reporter Mark Caputo says the governor needs all the help he can get. DeSantis is getting beaten in the money race. The $15 million he raised compares to what the Trump campaign says it raised, which is $45 million. Caputo just reported exclusively a new poll with Trump trouncing DeSantis in Florida with nearly 60% support in the state. If you can't win your home state like that, it's going to be really hard to win any other state. And indeed, when you look at Iowa, he's down by more than 20. You look at all these other states, he's just getting crushed. Still, DeSantis is the only candidate in double digits behind Donald Trump. And the national gas average price could be falling to $3.25 by Halloween. Oil prices spiked last week and now are suddenly falling dramatically. They fell nearly 6% on Wednesday. And according to AAA, prices at the pump then fell to $3.77 on Thursday. One expert telling CNN they'll plunge further to about $3.50 a gallon nationally over the next few weeks. And finally, on a Friday morning in our news segment, Brian Shook tells us Chicago Bears legend and NFL Hall of Famer Dick Butkus has died at the age of 80. The team released a statement on X from the Butkus family that said he died peacefully in his sleep overnight at his Malibu, California home. The linebacker spent his entire career with the Bears after being drafted by the team in 1965. He was named to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1979, his first year of eligibility. After his playing career ended, Butkus went into the entertainment world, appearing in films such as The Longest Yard, Gremlins 2, The New Batch, and any given Sunday. I'm Brian Shook. It's a Friday morning. More Catholic Connection coming your way. Stay tuned. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. I told him about the woman who came to me and said her two children hadn't spoken to each other for two years. Their grandma died and she was very wealthy. She left half to each one. She said they're arguing over a commode. She said inlaid. Can you imagine being in hell? And somebody's saying to you, what are you here for? EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. 
Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Thanks for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Well, this woman really doesn't need any introduction, but I will introduce her anyway. She's a best-selling author, an award-winning author, and known as the Purgatory Lady. And she has now given us a beautiful book for children, New Friends Now and Forever, A Story About the Holy Souls. Now, the illustrations in this book are gorgeous. And, of course, the information is very age-appropriate. And they're targeting children ages 6 to 10. And I'm telling you, my dear sister, I am going to use this for my grandnieces, Liliana and Francesca, the twins, because they're in the catechism now. They're 7 years old, and they love Jesus. But this is a great book to teach them all about purgatory. And what's, what's so important, I think, and I don't know why this happened, but for some reason a lot of people, Susan, think that purgatory doesn't exist anymore. The church kind of threw that teaching out. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Teresa. I am just ecstatic to be on the air with you. Um, it, it, I'm just, this is the pinnacle of all my books. I, I'm just so grateful that you are the first to kick it off. Um, you literally are, and I, I, you know, I just got a, 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 you know, a text from Indonesia from the illustrator sending his regards to you. Oh, how sweet! <laughs> he, he, but, but to go back to your question, yes, you know. Um, in the in the immediate decades after Vatican Council, that was between 1962 and 65, that topic of purgatory was less frequently taught in religion classes, including in some seminaries. Teresa, or was it addressed in homilies because it was uh, it was deemed like pre-Vatican II rather than church doctrine because mm. it's church doctrine. And in a similar way, Marian devotions were considered antiquated, if not even obsolete. So what was the result? What was the, the, the bad fruit of that? A generation of youth learning nothing about faith, about grace, about sin, about hell, and purgatory. And then later, as teachers or parents, they lacked the knowledge of understanding how to talk about purgatory uh, to the kids or to their own students or to their own children. But thankfully, there's been a huge turnaround in recent years, and purgatory is literally one of the most often asked topics among the faithful. Um, OSB, about in 2017, did a Pew study, and they wanted to know um, what was the one topic that they wanted more information about. Of all the topics in our faith, Teresa, 
the number one request was purgatory. Wow. Yep. That's interesting. Why do you think that is? Because I think people are, uh, they're, they want to know, there's a bond between us and those that have died. Mm-hmm. They want to know where they are. They want to know if they're okay. They want to know if there's something that they can do to help them. Uh, and so I think uh, it's, just, uh, it's, just a, it's just that bond that's never broken. Right. We're talking with author and speaker Susan DeSoni. Of course, you know her well from her great work and her many books and her presentations on EWTN. And she has a brand new book on purgatory for young people, for children, actually, ages 6 to 10, New Friends Now and Forever, a story about the holy souls. And it is available through EWTN and will be available very soon. And you can check it out online as well. We'll put a link to it on the archive section at Catholic Connection. Okay, specifically before we get into the book, I don't know if I've ever asked you this question, but what is it about the topic of the teaching of purgatory that drew you to write so many books and to be so <laughs> passionate about it? Was it you a think particular Italian experience? Would... <laughs> Think an Italian would write about purgatory? <laughs> I, I, this was not on my list. It wasn't a desire. It wasn't a wish. It wasn't a dream. It was, um, is, is, oh, as we said, this came from God. Um, I had, uh, I had, uh, uh, on August 11th, 1983, I got hit by a cab, um, on the Feast of St. Susanna, the Feast of St. Clair, and I almost died. I, I got hit head on. I fell on the hood of the cab, and he threw me 50 feet. And if he didn't oh throw gosh. me 50 feet, I would have been gone. Then, you know, fast forward, I had a permanent leg damage, visible. Um, I didn't break any bones, but it was veins, damaged veins. And so I couldn't travel at all. I couldn't fly uh, because of uh, for, for clotting, you know, blood clots. They were, he was concerned about blood clots. So this went on for 12 years. And then at one point, uh, there was a... a uh, there was a Marion shrine that I wanted to go to, and I didn't think he'd even say yes, but I just took a chance. I said, look, you know, there's this shrine. It, it had nothing to do with the the injury it had, you know, or being cured. It was just the devotion that our, my mother planted in our young hearts to have a devotion to Our Lady. You know, Teresa, around the house, there's the, there's the, oh, the Last Supper, there's yep. crucifixes, there's a sick call set that we used to play with, you know. <laughs> We'd play Mass. Um, and so she planted those seeds and that devotion is, is in all of our hearts. We're not in our young hearts. We're older, but young at heart. Um, and so I, he allowed me to go, and I was floored. Uh, he said, just don't climb that mountain, because it, it was a shrine that had a, it had a cross at the top of the mountain. So, but I did anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what do Italians told us? Stubborn Italian, you yeah, are. Typical Italian. You know, and, um, and so I come home after this 10-day beautiful trip, because I, I wanted to get close to our lady. I love her mirroring shrines. And the visible damage that was there for 12 years was gone. Wow. And I was floored. I was scared to death. I ran over to the hospital here in Chicago, and he said, did you climb that mountain? And I said, uh, uh, why don't you just look at the leg? Because that visible damage was completely gone. The bone was as flat as can be. And he had just seen me 10 days before, you know, telling me, you know, get on the plane, walk an hour every hour, you know, for the, you know, until you prevent any kind of swelling. And so he was stunned, and he looked at me, and he walked out the room. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, what was he going to do? And he walked back in, and he said, dear, this is a miracle. He said, I, I don't know how to explain this. And I said, and of course, typical Italian, would you put that in writing? And he, <laughs> said, he said, let's wait. And he waited three years to make sure that it it was real and sure. Well, that's enough. okay. I mean, to, because I mean, the church tests everything, right? Exactly. When they go through something. And yeah, he was yeah. Lutheran, very reverent Lutheran, excellent doctor. And he, he, I said, can I travel? And he said, we'll take some blood flow tests. 
they were all normal, and I, that's when I hit all the shrines all over. I went to Lourdes, Fatima. I went to, um, uh, God, name some more. Um, right. I went to the Holy Land. I went to Ireland. I, I just went to, uh, wherever she was, I went. That, that was my dream, uh, to travel. And so, um, and so this just landed in my lap because I, I come home and I started reading about, per- I just had a booklet. I was just reading and I was in, impressed with how they help you. And, and you have 10,000 friends. And I thought, hmm, I could use all the friends I could get. So, and that what they needed was masses, masses, masses. So I'm in the corporate world working and I take up a collection and I, you know, uh, for masses. And people of every faith gave me donations. This shows you how much they want to connect with God. They want mm-hmm. to hang their head on something. And so I had all this money in, for mass stipends, and I didn't know where to go. And the priest said, well, I can't take them at the church because the mass books are always full. He said, go to the missions office. And I go, what's that? And, well, every diocese has a missions office where our mass stipends help support our missionaries around the world. And this stipend buys bread and wine for the Eucharist. This stipend puts gas in the Jeep to help them to get up to the mountains uh, to give, you know, to offer mass sometimes for those people that only hear hear about, uh, that only hear mass once a year. And I was so moved by that, I started to collect um, mass stipends and ended up, fast forward, never planned this, working for Cardinal George as his development officer <laughs> because wow. they were in desperate need of mass stipends. And there I was doing this on the weekends and started to talk about purgatory and how they could be your best friends and the best way to get the souls out is through masses. So that's how people hooked up with the mass stipends and with the souls because of their loved ones, because of that bond that's never broken. Mm. And it never stopped. It has wow. been 25 years. Isn't it interesting you started out by saying it's not something that you said, oh, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to no. be the purgatory lady. No. But I think oftentimes that's how God works in our lives. He, he allows us to, to do certain things and to have these experiences and nothing is ever wasted. I'm sure everything you went through, right, in, in not only your, your accident, but in other experiences of your life, your corporate world and whatnot, that God's applying now oh, to your ministry of purgatory. Teresa, you know that with yourself, you know, right. with, with right. being in, 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 you know, uh, in, uh, in radio, television, he, you, every, every, uh, I see that every job yep. um, uh, leads you to another one. Every yep. single one, there's a pattern. I, now that I look back, I'm stunned. I, I, till this day, I keep thinking it's over with. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but 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 this this children's book and then the books came and I'm not a writer. <laughs> that, that was the joke. I said, you know, I was saying your business said we're going to write books. And I'm like, oh no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it just. But when they asked me to do things, it I thought, oh, I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. It was just a gift that he had planted. Right. You're born, and you know, you know, stick with his plan. Stick with plan A. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're talking with author and speaker Susan Tassoni, now known as a Purgatory Lady, a beautiful new book, hot off the presses, New Friends Now and Forever, a story about the holy souls. Okay, why a book on Purgatory for Children? You have so you many know, other beautiful ones. That, why for children? Yes. You know, Teresa, I'm so excited to be with you because, like I said, you are the first one to to help I'm the first this is the first time we're talking about it it's been three years in the making wow. you it's the, the Teresa you're kicking it off to the world I'm just so excited um, you're doing this uh, before you before you head out uh, to uh, uh, to to our to our homeland um, but um, it's 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 the only book that's ever been done for children there's no book on purgatory 
that's been done, not a one. And I, and I wanted to write this for several years because we have nine books published on Purgatory. There's a great movie that I, I worked on that I highly recommend, Purgatory, The Forgotten Church. Um, there's a novel um, that, you know, Teresa Linden wrote. If you ever want some fun reading, Teresa, uh, a Tortured Soul, it's a mystic's experience about, uh, she wrote a, a novel about a, a mystic who had visions of purgatory. It was fantastic. So we've got the movies, we've got the book, we've got a novel, but no book on purgatory for children. It had to be done, Teresa. We need to read, we, uh, we have to reach the children. We need to bring the church's teaching about the souls to children in a creative and a faithful and an inspiring way that emphasizes God's love for us. Um, and we uh, finally, after all these years, we accomplished that with this book. Um, and so uh, I wanted to be sure that it was a book that was warm, that was kind, that put a smile on people's faces, uh, on parents' faces, um, that, that, he, that, that God is, is a loving God, not a scary God, that purgatory is not a scary pa- place, it's a, it's a loving place, and um, that's why we need it. We need to plant the seeds in their young hearts. We need to carry on the tradition of our faith, you know. Um, There was uh, a meeting, Teresa, back in uh, 2004, I believe, where it was, um, 2004, it was uh, uh, Pope John had a meeting with uh, some American bishops when he was here, and he um, he wanted them to bring back what? Devotions. He mm. said that the, the devotions of popular piety as a means, this is his words, as a means of personal and communal sanctification. And it, he goes on to say, for centuries, the rosary, stations of the cross, prayer before and after meals, which included the eternal rest prayer, and other devotional practices have helped to form a school of prayer in families and parishes, acting as a rich and beautiful mm. supplement to the sacramental life of Catholics. Now, hold on, sister. We have to go to the break. More with Susan Tassoni on her book, New Friends, Now and Forever. We'll be right back. Sixty seconds with Father Mitch Pacwa. The state has responsibility to orient things, but they can't take over the rights of the family, like in China, to have one child and that's it. It's a disaster over there. How many tens of millions of abortions have gone on? And one of the things that as a result of that is because of the preference to have boy children rather than girls, you have for every thousand boys or 850 girls. This is a great imbalance. Same thing is going on in northern India. So this is where they, the government cannot take away the primary and inalienable responsibility of married couples and families. And they cannot employ methods which fail to respect the person and fundamental human rights, beginning with the right to life The government cannot force you to kill innocent human beings and still be a humanistic government. It's an evil government. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. How does one describe Christ's relationship to his church? The Catholic Catechism says Christ is one with his church. He is the head. We are the members. Head and members together make up the whole body of Christ. Head and members form, as it were, one and the same mystical person. St. Joan of Arc put it very simply to her judges. She said, About Jesus Christ and the Church, I simply know they're just one thing. We shouldn't complicate the matter. 
The Catechism also refers to the imagery of the bridegroom. The theme of Christ as the bridegroom of the church as two in one relationship. Just as in marriage, two become one flesh, the church is portrayed as the spotless bride of the spotless lamb. Christ has joined the church with himself in an everlasting covenant. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Continue a great conversation with our dear friend. You know her well from her great work on EW10, her many, many books, especially her books on purgatory. The Purgatory Lady, Susan Tassoni. New Friends Now and Forever, a story about the Holy Souls, a beautiful book, and it's designed for children ages 6 to 10. And sometimes people think this might be a scary topic, but I don't believe that because if you approach it gently and explain to children, and, and you do it in a way that's so beautifully illustrated in this book, for example, I just have to share a story. I know you'll appreciate this. My uh, my beautiful grandnieces, the twins, Liliana and Francesca, as I was saying in the uh, top of the, the interview that we when we started, that they're now getting their catechism lessons and Dominic and I are working with them along with their grandma who's amazing and a former teacher. Now, uh, the grandmother, their grandmother on our side of the family, my sister Donna, passed away from cancer before they were born, so she didn't know them. But the girls, I will tell you, Susan, and, and I want your, your thoughts on this. The girls know all about her because obviously we're keeping my sister's memory alive. And Liliana said to me just the other day, you know, sometimes I talk to Grandma Donna if I'm having a tummy ache or if I'm a little nervous about something and I ask Grandma Donna to pray for me. And she said this all on her own. So I what she's talking, I mean, then she's seven years old. So I don't think we, and she's asking me questions about my sister. She's asking her father questions about his mother. And, you know, what about this with Grandma Donna and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so she understands that she's connected to her even in death. Absolutely, that bond, uh, that bond never is broken. And it, you just hit on something, Teresa. It's the parents. They're planting. It's the tradition. They're planting the seeds in their young hearts um, to pray. Uh, they're planting the seed of reverence. They're planting the seed of of, of keeping that bond to get you know united. Um, and it's up to us, the parents, the the guardians, the the godparents, to keep alive in our families, the devotions, the customs, and the practices of our faith. Because the Church, as you know, always taught that parents are the primary educators of their mm -hmm. children, and it's the family that the faith is first transmitted and lived. And we have to make these spiritual investments for all future generations to ensure peace and truth for our own descendants. So I, I, I'm just, I'm awed, I, I, and there, but, but I'm not surprised. Well, but but I don't think we should automatically assume that children will be scared by this because if you introduce these different people in their lives, even if they've passed on, then the kids will, will have a deeper understanding and a stronger relationship. So why do you think going down the list of things I want to talk to you about, and there's so many, I don't, we're going to have to have you back on for, for a second show, but uh, what is so important about having this book now for children, given the attacks on the faith, given what's happening in our culture? Well, as I said, um, as I said before, why is it relevant today and to Catholic education? Because it's what the people wanted. They found, as I said, OSC found that the purgatory was with the most asked, uh, often asked topic uh, that they wanted to hear more about. Um, and, and as I said, as a result, um, we we uh, we didn't have the understanding of the knowledge. Um, but that tide has turned, and it's one of the it's one of God's greatest uh, gifts. And it, it, I think that. The book fills that gap and it solves that problem. It's their request. Can you imagine that? People want to know. And, of course, as you know, how many people are dying around the world 
by, you know, of natural disasters, of children, you know, in, in schools that are, you know, they have to answer. People are called to answer a lot sooner than if they were, you know, in their 80s. Yeah, I, I just think it's really, really super important. And also, also and I'm sure you find this with, with as being an author, but you write something and you think it's for a particular audience, but those who are also sharing it with somebody else, they learn from a book, even if it's for children. Exactly. In fact, in fact, in fact, um, I, yeah, I, the book is just rolling out, and as you said, the, the, the illustrations are breathtaking. It took three years to get someone to do what I was looking for, um, um, and so much I that I lost my train of thought, Teresa. No, Can that's okay. That? Sure, sure. I, I was just talking about, about how when you're, going, when you're sharing a book with a child, oh, yes. you yes. learn. Exactly. Um, what I'm hearing is that one, I have to do a conference, and he said, I want enough for the adults because the adults are learning as, as the children are learning. In fact, Teresa, it's not just, it, it's a story. Uh, it's a story, in fact. It's not a catechism, this is purgatory, this is not, this is sin, this is, it's a, how do you reach the kids with a difficult topic through a story? And so, it, before the story, Teresa, we have what we call a grown-up page. And in that grown-up page, I give you all the truths about purgatory for the parents to understand so when the kids are you're reading the book to the children, they may say, well, what if the soul's already in heaven? We answer that. You know, well, is there fire? We answer that. Is it a punishment? We answer that. All those questions, those most common-asked questions, are answered for the grown-ups. So they're learning, too. Well, what's interesting, too, is that the central character is an elderly man from the parish, and he passes away, and so the book is helping children deal, of course, obviously purgatory is the main uh, subject matter, but also deal with the issue of death, sad feelings, and grief. Yes, right? uh, because, you know, we, people die every day. Um, and how do you how do you how do you explain that? You know, um, I think it's important to um, uh, to to shape the message to the level of the understanding of the child. So if they're younger, you know, um, sometimes it's best to say he or she died, and that the person loves you very much, and they felt terrible leaving. You can pray for them, and that way, ask Jesus to comfort them and you, because it's really it's sad to lose someone you love. Right. Um, but people have many. Uh, people feel many things when somebody dies, and um, so I think what what you do is you ask the child what they feel, ask them to imagine that the person is there. What would they like to say? No matter what the child says, you know, let them express their feeling and acknowledge the pain. And it gives the child uh, things. I mean, I would give the child things that they can do to help the deceased right. themselves, like candles, uh, prayers that they can say, drawings, um, and share this book with them because these practices are included in this story. In, in fact, the eternal rest prayer, Teresa, which is the Church's official prayer for the dead, is woven throughout the book. So by the end of the story, they'll know the prayer by heart. Yeah. And I just think, again, that we that obviously we have to be gentle in the way we help kids understand it, but not to be afraid to talk about things. Getting back to, to the twins again, I don't mean to, to concentrate on them, but I'm just thinking don't about the comments them? they've made. <laughs> oh, my gosh, they're, they're just, you know, our hearts just explode every time we see them. But but I think it was, was it Francesca or Liliana who was talking about my sister again, and they're trying to kind of wrap them. They're getting older now, and they want to hear more about her and everything. And they said to us a while ago, they said, well, wait a minute, let me get this straight. They call me Aunt Tree Tree. And they said, Aww. in Tree Tree, you lost your sister, and Daddy lost his mommy. And they said, that is so sad. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. <gasps> and they started to cry, but they said, we want to know more about Grandma Donna. And they call her Grandma Donna. 
And so they're not afraid of it. They feel sad because they didn't get to know her. But at the same time, they're embracing it and they're trying to understand it. So this, too, is what, why one of these books can be so helpful. Exactly, because you're, you're forming, oh, and you're, you're doing such a great job, you're forming kind and merciful hearts in mm-hmm. them. You're forming that seed so that in due time, when it's your time to be called home, that you're going to be assured of their aid and of, of their prayers. Without these examples, they're going to, children, what happened? They depart in godlessness. So we need to teach them about the meaning of all souls. We need to teach them uh, to go, you know, to, to offer little sacrifices, like to, you know, something they enjoy, uh, to help if a soul's in purgatory, uh, to accept what's difficult. We need to teach them about the power of prayer and sacrifice. And by praying for the souls um, that, uh, of, of their deceased families, that they are your friends now and forever. They are your greatest friends, and they're there to help you throughout life and to make sure you get safely home to heaven. They're like your second guardian angel. Yeah. The kids are so amazing. I'm so excited for you with this book and the good it's going to do. More with Susan Tassoni on her latest book, New Friends Now and Forever, a story about the holy souls. And it's so beautifully illustrated. And there's all kinds of Catholic imagery in there as well that could be a great re-education for adult Catholics, something you definitely want to share with your children and your grandchildren and as many children as possible, especially if you're in youth ministry at your parish. It's designed for children 6 to 10 years old. More with Susan Tassoni when we come back. Father Benedict Groeschel. I often go back to my childhood. In church, we love to be reverent, to Christ present in the Eucharist, to Christ on the cross. But I was also impressed by the reverence of my friends in the Salvation Army. They had a little band, and I used to walk past the band on Sunday morning on my way to church, and I was just a child. But I said, you know, they're trying to pray to God. They're showing reverence to God. All this was reverence. Now what do I see? I hear one irreverence after another. And week after week, month after month, the media churns out things that make fun of religion in general and make fun of Christianity in particular and particularly make fun of the Catholic Church. No class. Absolutely no class. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. The best way for the church to respond to this new woke religion is to actually begin to see it as religious. What they're offering is a new sense of believing, a new sense of belonging, and a new sense of behaving. They have new commandments uh, regarding tolerance and inclusivism and multiculturalism and egalitarianism. And what's remarkable about this is that the woke people seem to think that the Christian faith is a barrier. Look, Christianity has always taught that the gospel was a universal message. Christ died for all. All human beings are created in the image and likeness of God. And we all have solidarity in the fact that we sin. And yet the church gets no credit for its great cultural achievements. Look, the church has already welcomed every nation, family, and tribe. We are the first universal people. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Welcome back, Catholic Connection, a special edition, and we are talking with my dear friend, an Italian sister, and of course, most importantly, my Catholic sister in the Lord, Susan DeSoni, an amazing author and speaker on all things purgatory. 
her brand new book, and it's such a beautiful book, beautiful with the writing, but also beautiful with the illustrations and the symbols in the book, New Friends Now and Forever, a story about the holy souls. And I'm telling you what a tool to have, not only for the young people, it's designed for children ages 6 to 10, but also for us to refresh our memory about purgatory and to be able to explain it. And this is what I think is so important, because often we get, and I know I had this, when I worked at, a, at an evangelical station before I was in Catholic radio, I had former Catholics. It wasn't the Protestants. It was the former Catholics who didn't know their faith and thought purgatory was, was made up. Oh, where's purgatory in Scripture? Where is it in the Bible? Well, it is in there, as I said at the top of the hour. It's, it, this is very, very defendable by Scripture, as are all of our teachings in the Catholic Church, so we shouldn't be surprised. But it's not about winning an argument or saying, gotcha. This is about understanding your faith more deeply. And reading the scriptures with this in mind, and what does it say? What does St. Paul say? What does Jesus say about this? Because it is in scripture, both in the Old and New Testaments. This book is fantastic. It's beautifully illustrated and written. So, Susan, for whom did you write the book? Was there a particular person in mind? Was it just something that God put on your heart? Do you have a, a particular dedication in the book? Oh, yes. The dedication is to Our Lady of Deliverance. Um, there, she is... Uh, it, uh, Anita Buchan, around, I think it was about a year or two ago, December 8th or, December 8th or 9th, the, the, there's a shrine uh, of the World Center Prayer for the Dead. It's a breathtaking shrine in France. We're going to have to do a pilgrimage out there, Teresa, because it's mm. surrounded by Little Flowers Place and John Vianney. Um, but, but they've been there for over 135 years. And um, it's Our Lady of Deliverance. She's the Queen of Purgatory. She's the one that visits the souls every day with uh, with uh, Michael. She's the one that uh, gets them home early uh, through her intercession. Um, so it, she it was just it was just fitting to to dedicate it to her. Um, and that shrine I have I mentioned it in the book. The shrine is a a place where you could have masses offered. Uh, for yourself while you're alive, and there are five masses offered for the souls of your deceased if if you enroll them online. And so it, it was just a, a, a it was just a perfect a perfect match. I I had no other. She was the one I had in mind. Hmm. How did you find the illustrator? Oh, that was a miracle. That was uh, thanks to EWTN, Teresa. As you know, sometimes things. Um, somebody doesn't like it, and I never had so much resistance in all my 23 years, so much, so much resistance that I uh, got physically ill, and I, I, I was dropping the book at least twice. Mm. I was going to put it in my will because it was affecting my health. Yeah, um, and that was just, you know who, because we're reaching the children. We're reaching the children. And so I, I called EW10 and I said, you know, doctor said, this is not good for me. I need to put it in the well. And they go, no, 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 go to this, go to this woman who, who just worked with this, with, this, um, uh, with this illustrator that just did a book on the rosary. In fact, she was on EW10. Um, it was a scriptural rosary. And I called her and she said, she's Italian from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's heavy to do. You know, she goes, you must do this book. You must, you must. And she said, this is your illustrator. And she did, you know, he's in Indonesia. I'm like, I've never been on WhatsApp. And so I call him and, I, and I've learned because I had gone through a couple. And I'm like, this ain't going to work. But I knew what to say. Here's, here are the characters. Draw me a picture. Draw the characters. <gasps> he took my breath away. I knew there was no question. Wow. And Father Wade, who was one of the theological consultants, said he was chosen by God to do this book. Mm. And he comes from a very Catholic family. And he's, as you can see, you can see it takes your breath away. 
people are stunned how we introduce purgatory. How do you make purgatory not look scary? Well, you, you're a prayer pal. That's the whole story, being prayer pals. And so you'll see some characters that you know in there. There's Father Anthony as a prayer pal. There's Sister Andre out in Arizona. Um, there's doctors and nurses that all pray for the souls. And the souls, they're not scary. They're people in prayer. They're in a purpley outfit with little sparkles because they're being purified. And what are they doing? They're praying for the prayer pals. So it's an exchange of prayers because the souls are mm-hmm. unable to pray for themselves, but they can intercede for you. And the more you pray for them, the more powerful they are for you. So you saw the the, the two page spread, right. and it and it. So that's how we. That's how I found them. It, 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 I'm I'm humbled because I I felt like God parted the waters. I was humbled. Yeah. I always I always get a kick out of how God brings people into our lives and and people to whom we can relate and the fact that you were talking to an Italian from New Jersey I just thought that's oh, kind of funny God's got a sense of humor She's a pharmacist yeah. yeah yeah I never expected it I was just going to wrap it up but yeah. he stopped everything and literally I understand now when he parted the waters it was like he just took my breath away there was no question I moved immediately forward and uh, it, we started last January and we finished in June and he too was kind of lax in his faith he has a very devout family but you know he's young but guess what went back, because of the book went back to mass on Palm Sunday with his wife and little girl you'll see a picture of him in the book um, but but what, what do you think of the ending? I mean, because it it has a happy ending. Well, I, but let's not do a spoiler. We you know we don't want don't want to do a spoiler alert. We want okay, everyone to, to, get to get the, the book. book. I would just say get the book, but it's but just get it. From, but isn't it beautiful how God connects you with oh. all these people, including an illustrator in Indonesia? Indonesia, Jakarta, Indonesia. I never didn't didn't know what what app what app was, and there we were in the middle of the night. I was on the neck. He was like right now. It's. It's in the middle of, it's, what's about 11 o'clock at night. He's going in the next day, you know. So I was up all night with him. Uh, and, 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 you know, it was, I, I didn't mind because he was so extremely gifted. Um, in fact, he's uh, uh, the World Apostle of Fatima. Do you know the World Apostle Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're using him for one of their books. And he just gave me a sneak peek of it, took my breath away. You know, I don't tell people to buy the books, but I am i am because it's for the children and we need to we need to build up the church militant um we need to build up put plant the seeds put the tradition in their hearts we need the children to carry the torch for us i would never say that Teresa, but i'm saying please do this for the children so check out this book, and it is entitled New Friends Now and Forever, a story about the holy souls in purgatory. It's published by our Sunday visitor, by our dear friend, and written by Susan Tassoni. And we'll get you all the information. We'll put a link to it on Catholic Connection and where to find it on the EW10 Religious Catalog and all that good stuff. But why, I like the story behind, this is me, the reporter coming out now, sorry. <laughs> but I like the story behind the story about how God leads you to a woman in New Jersey who leads you to a, a, an illustrator in Indonesia. So we, we, we kind of put, tend to put God in a box and think, how in the heck is this going to happen? God's like, I'm the God of the universe, okay? I am the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. You know, I am all, I, this is, I can do this. Hello. It, it just is amazing when you look at what happens behind the scenes of how things come together. That's I, itself it a book, I think. And also just, you know, I, I was exhausted, Teresa. It was three years. I was done. I couldn't do this anymore. The doctor said, you're going to get a heart attack, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I just put, went through the motions, okay? So the bottom line is two things. Please go, say your prayers, say your rosary, go to Mass, be in the state of grace, 
um, because that, you know, I, it makes it a lot easier for God, I think. And then just, you know, it, it was black. It was like I was at the, the, the Omaha Beach. We were by the shores. It was over with. I was done. And he parted the water because I made the call. I dragged myself. I wasn't interested. And she just kept, she said, you are to do this. And I was like, whatever. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. She didn't know there were three years behind the exhaustion and physical sickness from being stopped from this book. Um, Mm -hmm. And that wasn't the end. There was a lot more. But but just be persistent. Go through the motions. Even when you, you know, when it's dark. And I just did. I just, what what do you got to lose? You have nothing to lose. And if it was going to end, it will end. But thank God I listened to to E.W. Chan. It was uh, uh, Teresa Lurk who, who his just said, oh, said she's this, wonderful yeah you know mm-hmm. that you know Teresa. Mm-hmm. yeah phenomenal mm-hmm. and it was all and i thank her and she's thanked in the book because and it took you know you know there was a, it wasn't easy you know but um but i knew that that's what god wanted and he was going to get me through this and he did that's how important it was i he put he gave me everyone and everything telling me this is more important than it is to you, to him. He, mm-hmm. he, this is how important it is to God, this book. I was like, whoa. Um, I didn't have this kind of experience in all the other 14 books. But Well, it makes sense, though, does it not, because oh. of um, for whom it's written? Right? Yes, exactly. So so it, it offers children what they can do here and now because we all have a mission, and they can participate actively in God's plan of salvation for the world and help souls reach heaven because what does that do it builds up the church triumphant these are the these are what they call the cloud of witnesses who surround us with their mm-hmm. prayers and their supports so it meets the need of all future generations of catholics and those who hunger to be catechized in this devotion um there's no other book out there like it you should buy it for all the children in your life and i don't push like i didn't but i am it is from God, and it's what he wanted, and get to the children. Now, in terms of, of the, the illustrator, when you told him about the book, I mean, was he was left up to him and his own you know, uh, thoughts in terms of what kind of imagery? How did you work that out? Because the it images was together. Um, <laughs> when we got to the, uh, I would say, I, you know, like it opens up with the, the father calling. It's a father with twins, and the mom is pregnant, too, throughout the whole book. She gives birth to Nicholas at the end. <laughs> um, uh, it's just an incredible things we got in the book. Um, but, you know, he, I give him a thought, but he, I'm not kidding you, Teresa, he was so brilliant and so gifted. I, he gushed with, uh, God must have given him part of the, his palate. He gushed with ideas that took my breath away. Um, uh, so, so he had his own ideas, but I let him, d- d- you know, it give me what he, what he sees. And then, of course, I had to come in with, with the theology and make sure it was correct. And Father Wade was checking. When we got to purgatory, he got stuck. He goes, Suzanne, what do we do in purgatory? And I, I was like, and it was from God. I sat here, Teresa, and I said, well... We're going to have the souls in the center, and we're going to have prayer partners all surrounding them. So it's an exchange of prayers. And that's and I had specific people of all different races, of mm-hmm. different nationalities, uh, a young guy in a wheelchair. We even have, uh, you're going to hear this from Jeanette Bankovic, her daughter has eight beautiful children yep, that yeah. go to mm-hmm. adoration, mm-hmm. that pray the rosary. I've met these pumpkins, I call them, and one of the pumpkins, Elizabeth, is in there praying. Um, so that's 
so it was a joint effort to, to, to you know i had i had what i had in mind and he added it and and be, Tr- Teresa, it was like you know i'm i i don't mean to gush but you know i just think about eye has not seen ear has not heard and I, he was doing that what i had imagined and what he showed me <gasps> it just took my breath right. away and every single person that has seen the book including ew chan said oh my Gosh. Well, I sometimes is- think we limit that verse in thinking that what eye has not he- has seen and ear has not heard, uh, God has ready for those who love them, is, is about heaven, which I'm sure it is. I'm not a scripture scholar, but I'm sure that is. But I also think, just as you pointed out, dear friend, that it can be for something that we're doing right now here on earth that we had no idea. And look what, looky what, I always say this is God saying, see, looky what I can do. I'm God. <laughs> oh, God. I, you know, it gave me a little more like, you are really big. <laughs> You're really, I, I mean, I've seen miracles, but this one was, I was, yeah. I never had this, this kind of, I didn't have this kind of experience in my whole life. And wow. I don't want to go through it again. But, but as you said, every detail in the book conveys the love and mercy of God, even for the names of the characters. Ben, I named after, after you know, the favorite son of Jacob. Hope, mm-hmm. the, other, the twin sister, she represents the virtue to never lose hope. The parish church is named after, what, the popular purgatory saint, St. Gertrude. Right. The mom is pregnant with baby Nicholas. Nicholas is the patron of the Holy Souls. And it's and beautifully, mom- it's so beautifully illustrated of the universal church because of the diversity in the book in different countries and and different people represented. Beautifully done, Susan. Thank you so much. Oh, gosh, we're out of time already. Susan Tassoni, check out her brand new book, Beautifully illustrated new friends now and forever a story about the holy cells all the information will be in our archive section at avemariaradio.net and we'll also of course it'll be available at the ewtm religious catalog we'll be right back people ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves one answer is visiting angels america's choice in senior home care Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Can your messy house lead to anxiety? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians states that God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. If you walk in the door at home and you are greeted by clutter, peace may be hard to find. A messy house can lead to cognitive overload. While we're trying to concentrate on one thing, clutter can distract. According to research, women may be more affected by this type of anxiety. Societal roles and expectations can enhance the stress. To be fair, other underlying mental health disorders can lead to more clutter, depression, hoarding, and OCD, just to name a few. However, clutter can sometimes lead to more creativity. Bottom line, don't let a messy house define you as a good or bad person. Take baby steps to negotiate with those responsible for messes to make change or hire a cleaning person. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on clutter at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. 
You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Tuning in to the EWTN and the Ave Maria Radio Networks. Find us both online, EWTN.com and AveMariaRadio.net. In addition to the archives, you'll find daily at the archives section of AveMariaRadio.net. I always want to encourage you for news and views from a truly Catholic perspective, please visit our news sources. It's so important to make sure that you are seeing things through the lens, as Al Cresta always says, of Scripture and the teachings of the Catholic Church. So how do you do that? Well, my faves, Catholic News Agency, I use them every day, catholicnewsagency.com, the National Catholic Register, ncregister.com. And then, of course, there are great programs here on the EWTN network that help you take a look at the news, again, through a Catholic perspective. You have The World Over with News Director Raymond Arroyo. You have EWTN News Nightly every single night covering all the stories. In the U.S. and around the world, you have In-Depth. It's a relatively new program looking at issues in-depth from a news perspective. So just to keep that in mind, when you see something out there in the news or in the world and you're troubled by it, come to us. We've got the resources. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.